I told myself I could smoke this blunt. myself I could smoke this blunt only if I was recording the podcast. So let's start. Oh, that's nice. Welcome to That Bud Tender Podcast. I'm your host, Bianca Blanche. I am so happy to be recording One, because I got to smoke this blunt, which is actually filled with some stizzy pink acai. It's a hybrid. Makes me feel really good. So shout out to stizzy right off the bat. And two, I'm stoked because I've been dreaming about doing this podcast for years. And finally, the day is here. Living in quarantine for the past eight months hasn't been the easiest Hasn't been the hardest for me. I'm naturally a homebody and luckily all my family is safe. Everyone's healthy. It's definitely been a year for the books. I hope you guys out there are staying safe. I hope you're able to focus your time and energy on things that make you happy. I think self-care is extremely important and with so much being out of our control right now, it's vital that you ground yourself and that you ground yourself in love. And that is all I have to say about COVID-19. One of the reasons why I wanted to create this podcast is because I think bud tenders are the shit. And I'm so proud to be a part of this unique and diverse community. I think as caregivers, That's essentially what we are. It's important that we carve out a space where we can speak our truth and share our experiences um, because we do have a lot to say. There's so many incredible and knowledgeable bud tenders out there, my future guests included, most of whom I had the pleasure of working with. So stoked to contribute in any way I can towards celebrating bud tenders as well as advocating for us and our needs moving forward with this industry. Ironically enough, I'm not bud tending at the moment. Don't hold it against me. You know, the free time has allowed me to look into other ventures such as this space. So, say la vie. Um, I will say I do hate paying full price for cannabis and the taxes are absolutely absurd. But yeah, we'll get into all that with some of the best bud tenders here in LA. If you guys have bud tenders that you would like me to interview, please let me know. Across states, I mean, let's face it, we're all on Zoom anyway. So I am totally open. Real quick, my Instagram is at the stone journalist. Just DM me, tag them, whatever you want to do. However we engage, I am here for it. This is going to be a place where we can all kind of shoot the shit and talk shop and kind of compare battle wounds, but also share the wonderful, wonderful stories and people we've um, come across. It really is such a unique journey. Another reason why I wanted to create the show was because people usually have a lot of questions when they find out what I do for a living. Some think it's cool. Others think I should be 
ashamed of my career. It's it's honestly always kind of dicey for us as bud tenders to navigate, I guess, social norm or social situations where people might have a really strong reaction to what we choose to do for a living, although it's no one's business but our own. People are consuming cannabis at super high rates. On the one hand, we have a 60% increase in cannabis use worldwide within the past decade. New Jersey, Montana, South Dakota, Arizona, the four new states just added to legalizing cannabis. We know that cannabis consumption among white people and black people is relatively the same. There's definitely been a positive shift in the name of cannabis. However, it wasn't always this way. And I think you'll find that a lot of us had to deal with people who fully oppose the plan and carry an outdated notion and stigma of cannabis consumers. I've definitely had people say to me, oh, so you're a drug dealer, which... If I'm being honest, I'd rather be a drug dealer than a fucking sheep. I know for a fact that those same people wouldn't have the balls to say that to their physicians. And that's where this, this misunderstanding lies. And it's not a passive aggressive way to attack pharmaceuticals because I do believe they help people. The point is, <laughs> being a bartender is so much more than selling drugs. Bartending is... This weird and delightful mixture of being someone's confidant, their friend, their nurse, their therapist, for sure their therapist, with like ASAP Ferg in the background. There's nothing else like it. And bed tenders, they got stories for days. And they're funny as hell. And I'm so stoked for you guys to hear the amazing group of people that are going to be coming through this platform. Speaking of which, I guess it's time for me to share my story so you guys know a little bit more about me. I'm a native New Yorker, although I also grew up in the Dominican Republic. So my mom is Dominican. My dad was Italian-American. You know what? Before I forget, I'd like to dedicate this episode to my dad, Robert Blanche. If you know me, you know my dad was my best friend in the whole world. By far, the coolest person ever. He just made everyone feel really good about themselves, and I hope that I can follow in his footsteps to the best of my capabilities, which, let's be real, if I get to help half as many people as my dad helped, then I'm gonna be busy, Uh, and I'm here for it. His last words to me were... Follow your heart in all aspects of life. This is me following my heart, and I wholeheartedly encourage you guys listening to do the same because it's worth it. I mean, it's scary as hell, don't get me wrong. But we only get one. You are only you as you are right now in this one moment in this lifetime. Please, please, please do not dim your shine for anyone. That is on God, my friend, or whatever you want to call it. Goddess, universe, source, Allah. Jesus, Buddha, everybody, like, just trust yourself, follow your gut, love yourself. We've gone off topic again, but I think it's clearly an important message to get out there. So I am leaving that as a side note, and we are getting back into my story. It's just... Yes, okay. So between the ages of 9 to 19, I traveled back and forth between New York and Bonau. Bonau is the town that I'm from in the DR. It's 
it's a relatively medium-sized town i guess it's in the center of the island and i haven't been back in years although i did actually just come back from santo domingo which is the capital and that is where i brought my beautiful blunt wrap from that is what i'm smoking right now shout out to principe so bono that town is a valley, so we are just surrounded by mountains and everything's very lush and green and beautiful. And that is the first place where I smoked weed. One of my guy friends told me that he and a couple of other guy friends were planning on smoking a joint after school. I was 16, junior in high school, and I knew that I really wanted to try it. So I was like, you have to let me in. I'm crashing this boys club. I don't care. I'd already been super curious about cannabis and wasn't fully buying the whole weed as a gateway drug scenario. It just, it wasn't computing for me. And so that night we met up outside of our school and we smoked under a big tree under the stars and it was really beautiful and we were kind of giggly. I wasn't high, but we definitely had the munchies. I remember we went to, so there's nothing to do in that town. Like when I say nothing to do, I mean like there's no movie theater. I mean, there might be a movie theater now, but when I was growing up, there was no movie theater. The only place where we would all really gather and interact was the country club, which sounds super bougie, but trust me, it's not bougie. Nice, don't get me wrong. It was like where we all hung out. It was like the pool and the basketball courts. It's where everyone went to make out. And it's essentially where we went to Matalo Monchi, como dicen allá. It was a great time. So after that, I would do it socially at parties, but didn't really dive into cannabis until I moved back to New York for college. That's where my relationship with cannabis really started to flourish. I remember being maybe 20 and smoking a bong for the first time, which probably sounds elite to a lot of people listening, but you gotta remember, I'd grown up in a very conservative community, a very religious community. People themselves are very warm and lively and like to party, but the overall vibe in that society in regards to cannabis is still pretty outdated, although a lot of people might consume, they're sort of stuck in the cannabis closet. My household wasn't conservative because my mom and I are very Americanized, and even she had real issues about me smoking cannabis and working in the industry. It took a couple of years for her to come around and start to accept what I was doing as a bud tender. But yeah, I, I remember hitting a bong for the first time and then everything just going quiet except the music that was playing. Like I couldn't hear the people talking to me anymore. All I could focus on was Jefferson Airplane's White Rabbit playing over the speakers. And it was fucking trippy. And I started to get even more into weed and, you know, exploring with homemade edibles and things like that. I mean, it really was like this immediate infatuation for me and just, I fell head over heels in love. At that point, I started smoking more often and out of anything that I could. Like first it was the apple, then a homemade bong out of a plastic water bottle, which was really disgusting and I don't recommend ever. 
I eventually bought my first piece from the Rasta dudes that would set up a plastic table in front of my college on 27th and 7th and sell cannabis paraphernalia among other things like incense and I mean it was really mostly just like bowls and pipes. God bless my first pipe. Smoking cannabis really became a nighttime ritual for me. It was something to de-stress after a long day of school and work. It became apparent to me rather quickly why people consumed cannabis medicinally. Even though I didn't really know much about it, maybe at that point I couldn't have put into words the anti-anxiety component of it, but I knew it made me feel calm from the inside out. See, I'm really good at putting up a poker face and not asking for help when I need it and being super critical of myself. And cannabis helps me combat those things. It's helped me soften my edges and allow myself to be vulnerable and creative and silly, which are all the things I naturally am when I feel in full alignment with myself and my purpose. So with that being said, cannabis has brought me connectivity. It's connected me with so many wonderful human beings. For example, I'll tell you about landing my first official bud tending job. So cut to... 2015. I'm 26 years old. I've been living in LA for less than a year with my cousin. I have a degree in fashion merchandising that I'm not using and all my previous work experience is in retail and styling, specifically bridal. Bridal was a shit show. Good luck to anybody getting married. Um, wow. Anyway, so I basically stumbled upon the Green Easy, which was the shop that I worked for from 2015 to 2019. They are still there, 8311 Beverly Boulevard, super close to the Beverly Center, if you're familiar with the LA area. I was walking home from shopping and... The Green Easy just stopped me in my tracks for whatever reason. I knew it was really important for me to go inside and for me to at least get my face in front of them because there was something special about it. At that point, I was dropping my resume off to any dispensary that I liked or felt some kind of synergy with. And unfortunately, at that point, had not heard back from any of them. Unfortunately, fortunately, because everything happens exactly how it needs to and everything definitely happened exactly how it should with the Green Easy. Um, I literally stalked my manager at the time um, because they were fully staffed and they were fully staffed for months. And it wasn't until they fired someone who's actually now one of my best friends. So pretty ironic, sucky for her, great for me. Now we're a family, so it's all good. My colleagues at the Green Easy, they became my people. I was finally contacted by the manager because I had been pretty persistent and he brought me in for an interview, which pretty much consisted of like three questions. I mean, he probably asked me more. Shout out to Mike Winderman, best boss ever. Love you to death, bro. But yeah, I think you asked me maybe like three questions and they consisted of like, can you do math? Do you know what indica sativa and hybrid are? And basically, can I trust you? I couldn't even imagine the interviewing process now and what aspiring bud tenders are meant to know because there is so much information out there. But yeah, the Green Easy was this really cool, incredible space. We were all females bud tending. So right off the bat, there was a different energy to it. And then we had Mike, who 
really catered to our every need. I mean, the owners sucked, but whatever. You know, they wanted us working 11 hour days with no breaks and paying us the least amount they possibly could. The job itself was bomb, especially when things were still medical. We got to just stick our faces into jars of fresh cannabis every single day. It was exciting and people were nice and we were a part of a community and we really knew our patients and our patients knew us. There were people that I would see every single day. Um, There were people I didn't want to see every single day, but then there were lovely people that I saw every single day. It was Wild West back in 2015 and 2016 and even as we transferred in 2017, The cannabis industry today is nothing like what it was when we were in medical state. I'm not officially saying which one is better or worse. I think there are a lot of pros that come with the recreational market. More so on the decriminalization side and and hopefully social equity side, but as we're seeing right now, it's still predominantly rich white men running the show. And that type of energy doesn't typically lend itself to opening doors to people who have been truly affected by the war on drugs, especially those from marginalized communities. I hope to see more diversity in the future. But really, the only reason why I broke out from the Green Easy was because I got a job offer from Lowell Herb to join their team as a copywriter, which is something else I do for cannabis companies, and to join the team that was developing the first cannabis consumption space in our country. So for those of you who may not be familiar with Lowell, they were one of the first cannabis companies here in California that really hoped owned in on branding and they did so specifically through their prepackaged pre-rolls. Lowell was hot around 2017, definitely into 2019 with the opening of the cafe. It got to the point where people recognized them. They were not only familiar to us here in California, but became a familiar product to people across states, mostly due to their celebrity fan base like Miley Cyrus, Sarah Silverman, Bella Thorne. Eventually, the company, they got enough money. They invested in the original Cannabis Cafe, formerly known as Lowell Cafe. I personally had the opportunity to create the first cannabis menu for the cafe, which was really cool. I also had the opportunity to talk to some major media outlets on behalf of the cafe got to talk about weed on the Today Show. I got to talk about weed with Howard Stern, the New York Times. I got to flex my Spanish a little bit on some shows like Al Rojo Vivo. And I'm not saying this to whatever, be like, eh, look at me. It's just all these opportunities literally came from cannabis, which is really like the part that blows my mind. And having had absolutely no media training, it was bold both terrifying and exhilarating and overall just a really incredible learning experience for me. 
trying to spread the good word about cannabis and what we were doing and destigmatizing the perception um, of cannabis consumers. It's incredibly empowering. I think it was for everyone involved at the cafe. We all were definitely just trying to figure it out the best we could, having nothing to piggyback off of, no one to emulate, nothing to look to except have all eyes on us. I mean, we were the guinea pigs for legal cannabis consumption spaces. I met so many incredible people working there. Everyone, I mean, it was just, it was so dope. It was a really special place. I met so many people who were there with their families. It was like generational, which I thought was really cool. The community definitely showed up for this project and it was an honor to be a part of. No, it wasn't perfect, but it was special. And I'm, I'm very grateful for the people that I met through the cafe, a lot of people that you're going to be listening to throughout the series come from that space with me. And yeah, I'm sure they have some pretty wild shit to tell us. I hope to see more of these safe spaces, these consumption spaces to pop up across the country once things get better. The community definitely needs it. In the meantime, social distancing activities like listening to this podcast, for example, are probably the way to go. I'm really excited to hear your feedback thus far. We'll be talking about a lot of really great cannabis products and brands within the market. There's definitely going to be a lot of educational chats for sure. I'm so curious to learn about bud tending during COVID. I can't even imagine what that looks like. Um, I've been living living off of delivery service here in LA. I know we're so spoiled. I'm so grateful. Um, I'll tell you right now, MJ, if you are, I'm like, if you're listening out there, thank you. You saved my butt this quarantine. Um, if you want to check them out, I believe the website is heyemjheyemjay.com. Yeah, they, they, they do the damn thing. They have a bunch of different products, different price points, all super great, sun-grown stuff, indoor, kind of like anything you're looking for. We're going to talk about other stuff. We're going to talk about oh, what do we what can you expect? Some oddities. Oh, that, we got some conspiracy theories sprinkled in. We got some uh, reality TV sprinkled in. I'm a huge reality TV fan. Honestly, if you just want to hit me up to talk about Housewives or pretty much anything on Bravo, except those like bullshit shows like Summer House. I don't do, I don't fuck with Summer House. I don't fuck with um, Southern Charm. I don't care. I watch all the Real Housewives <laughs> franchise. I love how this has now become me trying to like get more um, Bravo fans uh, to become my friends. Yeah, all the below decks, totally, I'm, I'm down. Um, what else? I think that's where I'm gonna leave you guys. If you want to hear more from me, let me know as well. I do have pretty insane story, most intense week of my life. I don't know if anyone's familiar with, with the term Saturn's return. 
for those who are into astrology, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Saturn's return, for those who aren't familiar, is the amount of time it takes the planet Saturn to go completely around and back into the place that it was when you were born. And so that transition typically takes about, I think it's 27 to 28 years approximately. So anyone who's in your late 20s and your life is like going to shit, just know that that's totally normal. I <laughs> I thought I had gone through my Saturn's return early, but no, that was not the case. So I do have a story when I was roofied, arrested, and broken up with all in one week. That was really fun for my therapist. I... <laughs> It's a crazy story, honestly. The the main chunk and emphasis is how fucked up our judicial system is because literally one of the people that was arrested with me was arrested because she had a tincture of stevia on her. Mind you, this is at the Dallas-Fort Worth airport. We were all coming back from Mexico. I personally was grabbing my connecting flight back home to LA from Mexico. Obviously LA, it's a fully legal state. In Mexico, it's decriminalized. Now they're pushing more towards legalization um, as a country, which is fabulous. And so my little pit stop in Texas and my um, couple of half gram vape carts was no threat to Texans. It was clearly a personal use. The story's wild. What's even crazier is that this woman was actually booked and went through the entire process alongside me to the point where we were in Tarrant County Jail. It's wild that it was all because of a tincture, a homemade tincture of stevia. No, I'm not trying to say sativa, stevia. And I guess due to the fact that it comes from a plant, and maybe it's a plant of this in a similar family, I'm not sure, uh, to cannabis, but they essentially just take a dropper, put it in a little plastic bag. It's this first grade science fucking tests that they do, little experimentation, and if whatever solution they use that's added to your substance turns blue, you're getting arrested, and it's a felony. So this woman, like, had to deal with this. I mean, granted, I would hope that the charges got dropped once the lab results came back, but, like, we got arrested in September. The lab results didn't come back for me and actually get charged until February. So if I wasn't able, and if I didn't have a family who's as incredible as my family is and literally flew one of my cousins to bail me out, like if I didn't have that, I would have been sitting there. She would have been sitting there waiting to have this charge drop over fake sugar. like. My story is definitely one of privilege. I'll say that right now. I mean, I, was it violent? No. Did I ever have to like worry for my life and my safety? Absolutely not. So yeah, 100% of privilege. It's certainly eye-opening. We'll talk about it. We'll definitely talk about it. That'll be another another time, another topic. Um, right now I am signing off because I do have some Real Housewives of Potomac to catch up on. BTW, I'm feeling the new Salt Lake City Housewives. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna put it out there. I know it's early. I'm feeling them. Let's talk about it. This just turns into like a Bravo podcast. No, I'm kidding. I love bud tenders. We're gonna keep them coming. I'm gonna head out. Um, so much peace and love to everyone. And yeah, go smoke some weed. You deserve it. 2020 has been a fucked up year. So... 
Hang on, cheers to us. Thank you.